good. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another podcast. I don't have any breaking news stories because nothing is interesting or funny or like, you know, like, there's just, it's all the same stuff. It's all like, oh, COVID's coming back. Did it ever really leave? Trump said something stupid and is still fat. Like, no one cares. Joe Biden's thinking about legalizing pot. He should do that. We did it in Minnesota, and things have never been better, frankly. I, uh, although it is sort of... The funny thing being that it was already so close to being legal anyway, it was like a formality. It was just leads to like, well, in a year there'll be stores. Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe longer. They finally appointed... People, I, I work in sort of a cannabis adjacent thing, which will have a couple of dispensaries whenever it's possible. And I hear about it all the time where they're just, just remodeling buildings and going, ah, yeah, maybe they're going to give us a permit or maybe they won't. Or, I mean, I have a sneaking suspicion that you know, for all their talk about like, we're going to make this like fair and equitable. It's like, well, they're going to put that on the books and then just like people with money are going to open dispensaries. It's just like, yeah. like, well, we're going to anyone that was in prison because of weed and got expunged and they want to start a dispensary. Like we're going to help them out. And it's like, yes. And I, and you should. Yeah. They're like, it's not going to be a monopoly. We're going to have five different business owners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I've literally like, I mean, not to, well, no. Yeah. Like, it was like, well, like, you know, it's like there'll be some grants or whatever, but it's like the amount of money it would take to have that open and be like successful. You'd have to like kind of just on a like, I, again, I want that. But on a business level, it's like, OK, first, you're going to have to teach you how to run a business. Second, we're going to have to ignore everything about your credit history. Third, uh, we're going to have to give you all the money to do this, which is a gazillion dollars. And I'm like, I again, like that'd be pretty great if everybody that ever got in trouble for weed got to have their own weed store. But when you think about it. And then, you know, like my boss was like, you know, like every business, like you can only have three dispensaries under one umbrella. And he was like, can you help me figure out, do you know anybody we could just kind of like prop up as like a false? And I'm like, I'm way ahead of you. If I was already daydreaming about that at lunch because, you know, I, I've never been like a corporate guy. And the only reason I didn't is because I felt like how evil I was would be, get lost. You know, it's like, it would be like, oh, I'd have to be like just some graphic designer at some giant place where my boss has a boss and he has a boss and whatever. But I found a smaller shop where I only answer to the owner of the company. Now it's not that big, but that doesn't matter because the important thing isn't the money. It's how much of my evil actually ends up happening. It sense like he hangs around with me for about an hour. Recording. A surprising amount of my evil gets put into motion. And uh, yeah, we haven't, we haven't quite found like, Either, you know, a, a real ex-con buddy of mine or possibly someone I just invented with AI to, like, <laughs> pretend to be, like, who's actually runs the business. And it's, it's, it's just us so we can have more than three and turn everything back into a horrible Walmart monopoly. The exact thing I fought against until I got a job helping make it happen. Uh -huh. um, but it is, I don't know, we're sort of a wacky, fun, drug-adjacent company. So and you I, know what? We can only be so evil. I go into a lot of head shops. I'm bong shopping right now, mm. and I've been going into a lot of head shops, and my experience at the hideaway, even before I name-dropped you, <laughs> yeah, was great today, and their selection is amazing. And it, I'm not just saying that. I mean, I, 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 I will say that's before I knew anything about it, and I, I still only randomly ended up working where I work just because of, like, happenstance more so than... But it is the only place I ever really bought anything from, like smaller head shops are kind of like, well, you know, you go to like 
Colorado or somewhere that's had dispensaries now for a while, and it's like some of them are like an Apple store, and yeah. some of them are like creepier than my basement that you're in right now, but it's like an actual place, and you're yeah. like, am I supposed to be going in here? There's like, there's both like Jerry Garcia tapestries and bars on the windows, <laughs> and everything's like wood paneled and smells weird, and like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it takes all kinds. It's like, you know, there's, there's, there's roadside gas stations, and then there's like Loves and Bucky's, you know, you're just gonna have a a variant of of how fancy but i do feel i yeah i do kind of believe in hideaway being like the kind of head shop a woman could feel safe in yeah <laughs> which can't be said for and now that i work a bit in the industry very much cannot be said for all of them ages 18 to 80 or 21 to 201 if whatever if it's 21 i guess it should be i think it should be 18 to smoke weed and 21 to drink that's probably yeah that's probably i think fair. it should be 32 to drink 18 to smoke weed, 16 to smoke weed. I love being double. I would love making the rule 32 to drink because I'm 43. And like, (laughs) I love being an old hypocrite where like now, like when 9 11 happened, I was 21 and I was like legitimately afraid of being drafted or whatever. And like now I'm like, you know, I'm bored and I have this fake, undeserved sort of reverence for the mid-century post-World War II boom that definitely would not happen after a World War III, but part of my lizard brain says, we need World War III. John won't be drafted. Everything will be okay here because, like, it'll be fought somewhere else and, you know, whatever. I mean, honestly, now that the younger millennials are too old, I say, nah. This young, this generation Z, I like what they're doing out there. I don't need, I don't need them fighting, and I like how sensitive they got to be. That's a, I, think, I don't want them to, be, to get all traumatized for real. What would happen though? I, I mean, th- not no. Everybody's trauma is real, uh, but you know that. Wouldn't be able war old trauma school. is I don't a want whole them to get old school PTSD. I like that we all have new school PTSD. Yeah, they're just traumatized by like loud noises and like musicians. I like having false allegations against them and then believing all of them are real. Yeah, yeah, they have they have that, but no, I actually do though. I think something fun futuristic though. fun with that generation would be is if they did if it was like I do agree, like I like how progressive and 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 um, in touch with their feelings they are but just to just to be well-rounded as people having to go through like an old school you know madman with a World War two veteran I used like to think that I think I thought that about the younger Millennials for sure. Well, I don't know that it'll make them any better. I just want to see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they need to tough it up. Most millennials turned out. Yeah. It's just like an in-between kind of thing where it's like they're basically conservatives, but they... A lot of of pseudo-libertarianism leaked in there, and that is a very, like doesn't actually work out in the real world type of thing. Yeah. And they're just like, well, we kind of still want to be an in-group, and but we want weed to be legal. And it's like, that's libertarianism. That's not new, you guys. But I actually, though, the, the, the see, the reason that I think a sort of agitated, agitated Gen Z would be fascinating because the, the reason that, like, hippies from the 60s all grew up into be, being bastards, it's because they were all... They all had rich parents. Like, they were all, they all had their boobs hanging out and they were all doing acid, but they were all having their, like, rent paid and everything cost oh, like sure. a quarter anyway. The hippies it's like, were the pieces of shit rich kids in the first place. They were, and they and they still are. I, I remember. They were the uh, kids that could afford to go to Woodstock back then. 
Yeah. Which was like, you had to take off work and like travel to New York. You had to know about this thing. You had to have a bunch of drugs to bring. Yeah, you couldn't actually be a real kind of salt of the earth road scholar. But see, that's the thing. The Gen Z kids like are like poor and fucked up and yeah. desperate. So like that kind of being like a post-war hippie generation thing to me feels like we'll, we would end up seeing something like maybe something actually real. Like maybe like like some sort of actual Marxist revolution would really happen instead of just people talking about it on Facebook or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. cause they're going to just talk about it on Facebook now until forever, unless something wild happens and like a good, a good world war three, I think might be. That's what I'm trying to make art for. Hopefully some of it will uh, be published by me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope some of Sydney. Oh yeah. Uh, Sydney Oxborough is, is a person I know because of standup comedy and I'm not a real stand-up comic, whereas he is. But Sydney also believes in me. And here are the things I know about Sydney. Um, he plays the bass. He's funny. He rode here on the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did, he does the the thing at Mortimer's, which I've done. And it's just an open mic now, but. Both of us kind of look like we tried out to be Kramer on Seinfeld, and they they said no, and we bonded over that. What was your joke? You were you were Jerry in front, Kramer in back, yeah. or something? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I got a new haircut recently. It doesn't really work because I was wearing a hat, but no, I know yeah, it does. I got a new haircut recently. I said, "Give me the Kramer in the front, Seinfeld in the back." Yeah, yeah, you do have a pretty you do have a pretty good like kind of tasteful jerry mullet in the back which... thanks that's like really what it is it's like uh it's like a punk version of the classic what i think is like the classic 80s stand-up comic jufro mullet haircut and you have a love affair with uh i wonder when we were talking about this in andy's backyard one time and we all do comedy for different random reasons mine is music got to be too much for me and stressed me out and i needed to do something with my hands but you were talking about having sort of a love affair with the sort of sort of grisly, like pre sitcom eighties kind of like Jewish oh boy comic like guy and like I have always notoriously been like whatever I do I don't want to do that but your sort of um, uh, boostering of that has made me like appreciate it more like I don't I don't know like who I'm trying to rip off exactly but like. Your love of that era made me appreciate it a little bit more. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, that's punk. I mean, like... uh, 80s New York is also punk, yeah. Yeah, and original punk was, like, rock and roll. Punk, like, takes, like... Punk stand-up comedy should take previous eras of stand-up comedy and, like, break them down hardcore style. Break them down, mix them back together hardcore style. I consider my stand-up to be hardcore. I agree with that. Because it's like a... It's in a way a pastiche of like different styles, you know, and like I love so many different styles of stand up, and I've always wanted to do all these different styles, and I have, uh, you know, clinically different personalities inside, uh, yeah, that I feel like shift into. So like just like honestly, also pure expression for who I am, which is like multiple different comedians. <laughs> You know, you you gave me sort of a like, like I just really, you made me realize something just there, which is 
Because what you're talking about, like, you want to do, Not like, multiple every... multiple personalities, sorry. I have to clarify because, you know, when I, did I say multiple personalities? I, I well... Specifically. The jury's a little bit out medically on, on what even that is, but... I know, I, that's what I've been doing most of my research on lately, and um, it's actually getting... Like, people have been talking about the way that I understand it, which is that because it's called dissociative identity disorder, yeah. but it's still basically classified like when it was multiple personality disorder, where you're like mm. Moon Knight, and like one guy is, <laughs> Oi, governor, I'm Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. And then the other one is like Oscar Isaac and Jewface. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, God, before we go down that rabbit hole, I, um, no, but the thing you made me realize is because I've always said this, I never know what to do <coughs> or like, I want to do every kind of music all at once all the time or whatever. And that was always my thing. It's why my first thing SMB, somehow it, it was a little bit of lightning in a bottle with the other people I was working with and that sort of weird, I want to be all these things at once thing sort of worked, but it was like not sustainable, like subsequent recordings kind of were like. How do we, like, accidentally make a, a third great record? You know what I mean? It's like, well, now we're trying, and now we know more about what we're doing. But the thing is, is that's also true for me, too, with comedy. But I feel with comedy, it's, like, more possible. Mm-hmm. That's the thing maybe I'm but liking about it. won't get what you're doing in comedy, either. They'll just think that maybe, is that hack or... What the fuck is going on, anyway? Does he, does he know? Yeah, and I, well... Here's the thing, man. I fucking... I wish people got... I hope someday I can, like, see if with people that would get it if it actually is what I think it is. That's kind of fascinating, too, because I, I will tell you... I know. I think you get it, but, like... I do. The way I'm explaining it now, like, I never get to explain it like that, you know? No, yeah, and I do I do understand, although I, I'm not a very schooled comedy person, so I'm just probably... I, see, here's the other weird thing. I would love to know... Other than being just an idiot who sucks at it, but I would love to know if anyone has any opinions on the outside of what it is I'm doing. If they're like, "Oh, he's dabbling a little," and I have actually have no idea. Yeah. I'm just like sometimes I get you know. For me, it's all like I almost. Think you have your own style and your own voice, though. That's what I like about watching you on stage. Is that like it doesn't matter how much you do it because you're being authentic. And most of the people that I see up on there on those fucking stages. I don't even know what authentic is, but I can tell that they're not being that. Like, uh, it's like ha- the yeah. um, Hassan Minhaj, Hassan Minhaj uh, discussion where he's like, it's stand-up comedy. I'm supposed to make everything up. I'm like, yeah. I don't make up anything except that I'm starting a disturbed cover band. That's the only <laughs> fucking joke. That, that was the on one right thing now. you said That's that I was not true. hoping was true. Like, there <laughs> I can't do the waka waka waka. I can just say waka waka waka, but I don't think that would fly. You know, I do want to. I want to. I want to sidetrack, which we have no main track, so it's fine. I can't but, do it that fast. I mean, I can go. Ah, ah, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, I could go. Ooh, anybody can. But one time I was. I, I was do it all in sequence. Sorry. I was working at this this event in Vegas, and they were testing this sound system for this outdoor thing. And they were using the Uwa'a Disturbed song or whatever, and it got stuck and was skipping. And it just went, <laughs> duh, it was it was just like a beat, and then the ah, uh, 
on like repeat, like 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 loud enough to like set off car alarms, and they couldn't get it shut off. Like it was the most surreal and weird. And that was also the same day where the the guy setting it up that I was doing videos stuff for made me, I guess, but uh, babysit DJ Lethal. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was what he was like doing a solo DJ thing at it, and I I sat and I shouldn't have done this because I'm I'm kind of a nighttime weed guy and it was the middle of the day and I was just ripping his medical pen with him and uh and he was telling me like I guess he had heard of Blue Felix like yeah no that's blah, blah, blah. but he was telling me like all of these stories about like Limp Bizkit and like even when Eminem first got signed he was like on so much like Vicodin and stuff that like apparently like he was in the room when he was doing some of his early recordings and he was like man those songs that was like that was cut together in the studio like one syllable at a time. He was like laying on the floor, just like blah blah blah. blah. Wow. It's like he can he could hang, but he was so fucked up and nervous or whatever it was that yeah. like I and he was just going on and on for two hours. Like the most interesting time I've ever spent with a man twice my size in a hot tub in Vegas because they had hot tubs attached. To it. it was like this luxury. It was a failed business venture. It was it was like the fire festival, like a little bit. Oh yeah, this thing. It was like this. this I can see Lethal getting involved with some shit like that for sure. Yeah, but like Buck Cherry I mean, at was the time, there. That's what it seemed like it was with Limp Bizkit. It was like, oh, DJ Lethal. No, you're from yeah. House of Pain. And then I like Limp Bizkit now, like, though. Yeah, I love Limp Bizkit. They're like one of the only bands I listen to now. And- <laughs> You better be telling the truth because I don't know. The truth. If I believe that they're one of the only bands you listen they're to, like, now. they're like they're like one like uh, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water is like an album that I go back to more than any other album right now, and it got me through like a really bad breakup with a relationship slash band slash two bands. Yeah, oh yeah, I've heard part of that story. I, don't I think need to get into that. But, no, that's uh, fine. Blue Biscuit got me through all three of those breakups, and. It, was, it felt so rebellious. No, did you, did you like them at the time when they were happening or no? No, I hated them. I thought okay, same. was the worst thing ever. I thought Limp Bizkit ruined rap and rock permanently. Okay, yeah, because I, I liked... They kind of did, but... I liked Wes Borland, but I couldn't listen to them really because same. of Fred Durst. Or I hated I was like, his voice. Uh, I hated his lyrics. But now I think his lyrics are stupid, but uh, I listen to a lot of stupid lyrics. And also, my diagnosis... Um, as somebody who's been in school for counseling for a week and a half, yeah, is uh, I think he's got BPD. Is is that borderline yeah, or bipolar? Borderline. Okay, because there's yeah, too many I think acronyms. Fred Durst is borderline. When you really listen to his lyrics, he's so sensitive. Yeah, and it's like really emo, actually. Uh, Which isn't something I again. That's like part of what I think I didn't like about it when I was a young piece of shit. Yeah, but me like. Too. I was like, this dude's a bitch. But I saw, yes. But I, I, I saw them at the varsity theater. That's probably theater. why I got the Yankees hat. I like that. Yeah, we do it. We're. I, it's so, like uh, it's purple and blue. I don't know if you can see, but yeah, the colors are kind of wacky it's down like here. It's like bisexual but. Fred Durst. Yeah, I'm the bisexual Fred Durst. Yeah, either you're the bisexual Fred Durst or Ghost. I think Fred ghost, Durst might be the bisexual Fred Durst, or Ghost Mane might be the bisexual Fred Durst. Yeah. I'm not really sure, but uh, I'm Omni. I'm di- I'm a dialectical Omniato. Yeah, I love all those. <laughs> I love all those words. I'm never gonna learn. But I I I got I, no. I gotta say though that like um, I was dating this gal who like. I, I gotta give her props. She was like, let's go to Limp Biscuit when they're here. And she is one of those people where it's like, in all honesty, 
she, her like of them was 50% ironic and 50% real. Like, it was That's like, right. I can't believe how right. Yeah, it kind of took on the mantle to it, but she was like, let's go. To like see him at the varsity theater, I'd never seen him live, but that's where it turned for me. I was like, Dude, okay, I'll I go because it's funny. They blew the fucking roof off of that. Dude. I was like, oh my god, and all these like There's garage kids band. that used to like SMB were all there. Yeah, John Otto is one of my favorite drummers. Yes, Wes Borland, I just fucking love his guitar playing. Like. There's nobody like him. That fucking Digitech whammy. No, they absolutely like, slammed like so hard, and it was so much fun. And it was like after that, now I'll like get drunk and like before I go to bed, I'll like turn on like their pay per view on YouTube that's oh, still there of dude. Woodstock '99 when they're like covering thieves and liars from Ministry and stuff. I, and I'm like, God, this is great. Oh, dude, I gotta watch that. I'll show you at least thieves and liars because that's Hell yeah. dude. That's one of my favorite. Like, A, it's a good ministry song. B, yeah. the Limp Bizkit version is really fun. But C, the live version of it at that, they, like, do a super long intro. It's like... Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, I forgot that they actually went into, like, an actual cover of it. Yeah. Thanks for nothing. But then one of the other things is, like, A, you know all the stuff you know about Woodstock 99. There's people, like, to the horizon. Just, like, there's already fires and just garbage flying around everywhere and then it cuts to like limb biscuit and like behind them just standing around is just like puff daddy and like all these people yeah. just like yeah 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 just like watching while they're just like Bleh. like it's so it's such a bizarre time Dude, capsule that, they, that concert is so fucking great like and when they cut his mic when they cut fred's mic yeah like, the soundboard audio is on the video so we can hear it it later now but oh at like, the time people at couldn't. the time you can tell they cut his mic, and so he was like, "Just go into the next song, so that they have they'd have to turn it back on again, and he can fucking talk to the crowd." While so the the band just keeps fucking like, I think that's oh, break that's stuff. what that was. That's when they go into break stuff, and that's why they just keep doing the fucking intro, is because that's how that's the only way that well, they, Fred could like talk for th- a little that, bit. You might be right, but they definitely held on to it. Oh, too. I think they were going to anyway, but also like I could tell they could. I, you could tell that they could tell what was happening. Yeah. And, like, the way they felt that out is, like, they're just, just such a fucking great band. I know, yeah. Sam like, Rivers, I, too. I mean, he's a fucking awesome bass player. No, they are, like, one of those things where I, like, creatively it's very interesting, but then, like, upon seeing it live... It's like, God, they just didn't, like... Uh, there was other new metal things that people paid attention to back then, but, man, it was, like... They were just like, like if if they were like a local band in your area, they'd be one of those things where you're like, why isn't this a bigger deal? Holy shit! It'd be like seeing System of a Down like in a basement, and you're like, okay, like <laughs> what? And then it's like history actually followed the correct course, where it's like, well, these things got important for a while because they actually were that much more interesting than everyone else's horribly dumb idea of what is fun or what is cool, but. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, the way that I appreciate Limp Bizkit also is half I'm laughing at it, half I'm laughing with it. Yeah. And and enjoying it, and just, like, the fucking grooves. But that's the same way I've always enjoyed Danzig and Misfits. Mm. Is, like, Danzig's lyrics are, like... It's silly. And Megadeth is, like... Oh, Megadeth is... Is he fucking serious? If he's serious, that's hilarious. And if he's joking, that's brilliant. How old your school? Yeah, I got. I just that reminded me of a funny thing. I, I used to hang around with people a lot more metal than I ever was. I, I was never into. Yeah, sure, yeah. Oh yeah, 
I was never I was never really super into bands that it looked like it would hurt if you stepped on their logo. Like I hung around <laughs> with people that were in bands like that, but um, bass player for ooh, stomp on that a little bit. There you go. All right, um, all good. Uh, but uh, they, they got into a big argument when I was like hanging around at their like scary band apartment one time, and and uh, w- whether or not Lucifuge. Oh, I'm, I'm good. I was smoking actually. These are CBD cigarettes, oh, like nice. a. It's just just enough to take the old edge off, but um, like, God, there was a word like in a Danzig song or something where he said "lucifuge," like a mm-hmm. centrifuge, but like the devil. Mm-hmm. And there was like a whole album. I think it's a concept album. Is it a concept album? Okay, because there was some other band that this band I was hanging out with was listening to, where this guy goes and "lucifuge" has run its course, and like the singer, my friend singer, was like. Hey, they're just using that word Danzig made up, and uh, like their bass player was this guy named Tom was like, "No, that's like a real word before that whole thing was a record." And they just fought, there was like barely an internet back. It was like the late nineties. They got this giant fight about it, and like so he just kept playing. And also the song in question was just this awful local band. Like it was really bad. Like the bass sounded like like, like a horn honking. It was like it like didn't sound heavy or I don't, people just recording was like so expensive and fucked up back then that like. Stuff would just come out however it came out, and it was just awful. Yeah. But they were like, where they got into this like wrestling match in the living room, listening to it, and every he the guy would be like, and Lucifuge has run, and like the bass player would like hold the singers, like, and the real word has run its cars. He's like, get off of me. Like, it was just a word dancing made up, and dancing sucks. Like, you shut up. Like, it was like the funniest. Like it was my first experience of oh death metal people are are silly people is, yeah. is what and that's still true like, yeah every big bald guy with a beard that I know has three cats and is, likes watching Lord of the Rings and is adorably silly yep for sure and there's old people out there that are like that's ah, the devil and it's those old people will be dead soon though that's fine yeah I know Danzig's a dick and. Seems like possibly an idiot, but fucking <laughs> I know he's a dick. It seems like possibly an idiot. Maybe but possibly, yeah. He fucking rules. He's one of my favorites. Like, that's... I don't know. It's like, I, I want to sing like that. Obviously, I'm not going to, but I wish I fucking could. And he that's how he wants to. He saw Jim Morrison. He's like, I want to sing like that. Yeah, I think you could. I don't really know what's stopping you. Like, I, I don't know. I, uh, it feels inauthentic sometimes. I mean, that's the thing is like the, singing the songs is weird that though. I'm writing, I sing like all different ways because that's how I am. I'm if it comes, if, yeah, if it comes out of your mouth, how can it be? Because like again, I was in some other band with some other people and they're yelling at me because I was like, they're like, well, sing the song, and I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna do it like this, and they're like, well, don't croon it. I was like. Hey, gonna do that, but like, no, 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 like, don't do it like that. Like, well, do it like what? Like, that's what I feel like I should be doing right there. Like, how do I sing like me over this part when you're yelling at me because you just secretly wish I could sing as good as the guy from Muse or whatever, and because you're a weird prog rock dickhead and that's what you want? And it's like, okay, but that's not authentic. Like, a, I can't, and b, like, this feels like it should be in kind of a little bit of a lower Bowie Sinatra register right here, and it's like. You know, some of the other guys were like, well, yeah, it actually sounds good that way. And the fucking guitar Hitler was like, no, like it has to be. See, this is where I would say it's time to pull up your shirt, but it was too difficult. Not pull up your shirt and like take your heartbeat, but pull up the shirt that you made. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but we couldn't get it to work on That's the computer, exactly the about. browse thing. 
And uh, yeah, Sydney makes t-shirts that I think you can buy, or you just make them to look at them. You can buy them, yeah. Okay, you should probably buy... Uh, For some reason, they don't have... It seems like they don't have a uh, fucking... Like short link, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's but I think if you hold it up to the camera, we can see the particularly like like my favorite. We were talking earlier about how it could use a caption, and then I realized I was wrong. And no, it's best presented with no no comment or no anything because you know what you're looking at. Now you might not know why. I like this on red. It just randomly pulled it up on red. That's going to be hard to see. Just pull, pull, up, pull up the actual, the full image. Like the thing you showed me. Oh, okay. Because that's probably the only way it's going to work. Like just the, yeah. Try, try that. I'll coach you a little, a little lower. There we go. There we go. That's you can see. And yeah, it's all, it's all of the Beatles, but they're Hitler. It's the Hitler Beatles. <laughs> it's called the Fash 4. Oh, Yeah. Is the name of the t-shirt. I'm going to order one of those. I Oh, shit, here. It's nasty. For some reason, this page I ripped out of this book called Dear Asshole that I have <laughs> makes it go back into focus usually. There we go. And I can't even claim that I, I figured that out. Meredith. Meredith, my sometimes producer and co-host who... Um, oh, yeah, I did want to talk about... So, like, Meredith has, has gotten into, like, multiple car accidents over the past couple of months, and it's just, like, completely fucked her life up. And... And she'll be back and whatever, but like, I was thinking about it. Like, there's other people. Like, you don't have that problem. You took the city bus here, like uh, a fucking Sesame Street character. And, that's why. And I love that. And I, don't I, I know get how to it. Drive. No, yeah. I'm scared, and because that shit is gonna happen. I'm gonna get in a car accident. and It's gonna fuck my life up. It I does. Fu- it do fucks that. your life up way too much. Because a, a, another comic. That that we know named named Nick recently got like carjacked, and it like fucked his whole life up. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, now for me, I won't go down this rabbit hole because, as you know, I'm a I'm a pretty progressive guy, but I'm also I kind of subscribe to I went far enough left where you get the guns back. That's where I'm at. And like knowing how much it could it could it could uh, mess up your entire life, and they're like, it's not, it's just a car, it's not worth. I'm like, ah, yeah. I think as someone who legally can carry firearms, I might blow someone's head off or run them over because I'm like, hey, I I kind of don't need my whole thing to go sideways for like up to a year. How many of those years do I even have left? Yeah. And they're fucked up enough as it is. Like, and it took me, it, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm a guy that like owns a house, but I mean, I that happened at 39, and I know for some people it happens never, but it's not like it happened at 21 because like, oh, we'll help you with that, you know, son. I'm like, oh, I lied and cheated and 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 did some uh, crypto loss washes for taxes and just so many things to scrape together, being able to pull this off. And if that house of cards ever gets endangered, whoever does that is getting like pistol whipped, and. I, I, I say that only after, you know, other friends of ours who were like, oh, you know, like Nick Piontek, he'll land on his feet. But it's like, it really seemed like that put a damper on. Like, I mean, dude, these. he's bounced back from a lot and he's, he, has. he had a huge savings and shit. I don't know. Like, he's just had some, a bunch of crazy shit happen. He just always has crazy shit happen. He used to be well. crazy shit up and, you know. He'll be all right. He doesn't will be he, all right. Doesn't he pay heat, though? Why didn't he bust a cap? Well, 
a couple of things about that. I don't know if he actually, like, carries. That's a whole different animal. I know a lot of people that are very reasonable and even somewhat lefty people that, like, own yeah, guns. Home in a safe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I'm like, oh, no, I... If, have you seen me in public? You've seen me carrying a gun then. Like, that's... And it doesn't matter what the sign anywhere says. I actually learned about yeah, the legality of that. if I have to stay in Minnesota, uh, for whatever reason, I might start. But I'm trying to move to the coast at least for a while when I get out of school. And I don't think I need to carry a gun in New York or L.A. Well, it's very difficult to, and yeah. the... the ramifications for anything going weird with that are much steeper in those areas, which like, yeah. I, I'm not going to need it. No. And Here, it might make me feel safer. And also I can see Minneapolis just continuing to turn into Detroit from Robocop, except that 3M and Honeywell are not going to turn, uh, Derek Chauvin into oh, a cyborg. No, that would be the fun version <laughs> no, no, of that. I mean, it's going like, to be black uh, rock. a good cop. But we don't have any of those. No, he'll turn him into RoboCop they Two or whatever. Turn a bad what, cop into RoboCop. He'll turn into one of the happens. early RoboCop Two robots that just rips its own head off and this is a screaming <laughs> skull. <laughs> but one of the best scenes, like RoboCop Two, is not as good as the first one. But that no. scene is kind of better than both movies put together. Just the two moment. <laughs> Hang on, though. God, no, the RoboCop thing. I need to go off on that. But I just here's the here's the thing, Sydney. Not everybody is a killer. And yeah, I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. And Nick, well, God bless him, I don't think he could do it. And I think that's If it turned into a post-apocalypse, I could start seeing rednecks as uh something something like an ICP song like yeah. he's just chopping up chicken The way fuckers. they see me? Yeah. I'm kind of a and this isn't good or bad. I'm just stating I'm a bit of an old farmer when it yeah. comes to life and death. And I find it, I, I believe it to be very precious and valuable, but that's the exact reason why when, if there's a problem, I won't wake up screaming if I have to solve it. It's, if it was really between this and that, like, I wouldn't feel the least bit, like Butch and Pulp Fiction, you want, now that I know he's dead, you want me to tell you how I feel about it? I don't feel the least <laughs> bit bad about it. Don't carjack a Prius, there might be an AK-47 in there. Uh-huh. And someone who's, like, just kind of knows enough about the law to, like, know they can get away with it. Like... <laughs> Watch what you're doing. And, yeah, but hold on. The RoboCop thing. I'm actually very suspicious that there's people in... I'm in my neighborhood association. I'm, like, a board member and stuff. And we're, we're, we got a... We spearheaded a, a rebate thing so you can order uh, motion lights and cameras. There's people who are re- old, retired homeowners here. And, you know, they, like, can't afford stuff like that. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, you just... Uh, give you a rebate for up to like 300 bucks or something that nowadays on Amazon, it's a couple of, and it's like, you know, I know some people are like, ah, you're making it into a police state. And it's like, it is a very diverse crowd that was asking for that stuff. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Old people of every race and creed do not like having their shit jacked in the middle of the night. I think I don't care what your weird angle, but there's, there is some very like, and they're very, um, collegiate, folks that are in some of these weird low-level government things that I've interacted with. And I know they're smarter than me and everything like that because they've been going to school for 27 years. They have to be, right? (laughs) But some of what they want versus what I understand about humanity makes me very much suspect that places like Vanguard and BlackRock are just paying them to be like... Because, you know, there's a... And I know you've experienced this. There's this prevailing thought 
that, no, no, see, rather than solving anything, if we let it get bad enough, man, see, here's what'll happen. The powers that be will finally be like, okay, fine. Like, it's, it's just so bad society's not working. We have to pass the progressive laws to, like, fix it now or whatever. And they don't understand, or they do understand, and are pretending not to understand, that it's like, none of those people live where that's happening. Yeah. They live where there's no homeless people because homeless people aren't allowed there because you and me aren't allowed there either. People with three times as much money as both of us put together aren't allowed there either. <laughs> like it's 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 like, dude, they don't give a flying fuck. And your average person, when every when shit's falling apart around them, they're like, they might some of them talk about a people's revolution or whatever, but most of them are just like, you know what, fuck this. I will vote for whoever just puts a boot on the throat of the people who keep pissing in my driveway. Like that is how people respond to that. Historically, 100% of the time, your average person doesn't go like, all right, we need to really start caring about people because there's so many bullets flying through my living room and almost killing my kids. But I will never vote for a fascist strongman who promises to make this all go away. Yeah, but here's the thing. None of these people are dumb who are always kind of pushing this weird idea that it's like, well, they'll see. You know, it's like, we'll just let Trump win. That'll teach them to run a shitty candidate on the left. Uh-uh. You know, and you were tricked by futuristic propaganda that's so much more elaborate than what we saw in the 40s. <laughs> and it worked back then, too. It's like, no, no, no. People who want to see this country fall apart on the outside want us to go super far right and have fascistic leaders because historically that always self-destructs. And they know that things that like make everything like terrible and scary and dangerous make people vote for that. But they also know that like there's a lot of smart people that won't do that. So if you tell them something that's like, well, what the academics say is that if, like, crime gets bad enough, everyone will learn their lesson. So, like, let's let it totally fall apart. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't work. Like, it doesn't work at all. It's like, they'll learn yeah. our pronouns once once there's just roving child gangs with machine guns in the streets. Like, I don't think that's how this actually goes. Yeah. I so- guess what? Cultural studies academics <laughs> know that... A dystopia happens that way, and that turns into an apocalypse followed by a post-apocalypse. And again, yeah, and, and like, it doesn't even matter who you are, whether you're a Meal Team 6 fatso or some blue-haired theater kid, when you're strapped to the front of a Mad Max Nitro truck, no one's going to listen to you. Like, that's not how this works at all. Like, I'm going to have to be a Thunderdome guy. I know, and I'm too I don't old. know how to drive, but there's no place for me on the Fury Road. No, there's not. me. My back is bad. Like, nothing, none of this works. And so it's like when I, I hear might be people. Good enough at guitar, though, actually. That oh, guy, you can that be guy. That guy was a great guitar player, but not the way he, uh, they had him play. You didn't need to be, you know. But it was fun, though. It looked, it looked dumb oh, yeah, in the no, trailer, it was but was but, like, awesome I could in the movie. Play like that, you know, you don't need to be as great of a guitar player as he is to play the way to he do what he movie. was doing. Yeah. yeah, but you always pick. You know, there's you know, it's like when you have. Uh, yeah, who was it? Somebody somebody hired Hugh Laurie, who's like famously a super good piano player, to like play piano on this like pop song. And it's like two chords, and they're like, anyone could have done that, but they just had him do it so they could have him do it. It's Dr. the same House thing. Himself. Yeah. Huge, and huge truck. In America, his name would be Huge Truck. Huge L- Laurie. <laughs> he took a ride on the Lorry. Yeah. that elevator? No, no that's a lift. <laughs> And you stick a dead, a you stick a, a dead, a dead hooker in the boot. Skip to my loo means go to the bathroom really fast, huh? Yeah, right. Is that what skip to my loo, my darling, is? I guess so. When he's like, go put your fucking nuva ring in. Mm-hmm. Just skip to the loo, my darling. <laughs> I don't know. I and a gentleman puts it in for, her. but the point is, I don't. <laughs> I, 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 
I feel like I've interacted with people who are being very intellectually dishonest where they're 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 always like all of your ideas to like make crime go away are actually just like racist and bad or what even though it's like like oh yeah aren't you racist for going like if i have a camera to make sure no one steals my shit you just assume it's going to be black people going to jail it's like doesn't that make you kind of like because it could i'm just saying it could be anybody maybe it's raccoons i don't know but i'd like to figure out who who is doing it and maybe so they don't <laughs> But I feel like there, there's a lot of money to be made. No, I don't feel like I know this part of it. There's certain areas around here even where it's like if things get bad enough, the real estate dips low enough where those like mega corporations can buy it up for like pennies on the dollar and stuff and whatever. And then they're just going to turn it into what they're pretending they don't want. That's where gentrification actually happens because mm-hmm. they always scream about gentrification. But the way you stop gentrification is from the ground up by like yep. fixing the problems yourself. Yep. So it never gets cheap enough to get bought out yep. going, let's just let it go to hell and that'll teach them makes the prices drop. So b- giant companies just buy everything and then turn it into this fancy expensive shit. That's the fucking thing that people, especially those and I think people they're on the don't payroll. Realize. I think they're not on the payroll because I think they think they're too smart to be fucking bought or brainwashed. But You're absolutely at, 100% right. They're they're buying into this fucking thing that so obviously is just as much propaganda from the system to do yes. what it fucking does as anything else is. But they think, oh, well, I didn't hear Propaganda is from, from dumb. It's for dumb people. It yeah. only works on Trump voters, it's not like, for college you people. You think the fucking academy is not the system? Exactly. Here's the thing, though. Just because they pretend to be enemies, like science and religion. Mm-hmm. But you're a thousand percent right about all of that. There's just only one notable exception. There is a person in particular that I've interacted with that I absolutely figured out. This isn't. This isn't stupid. This is evil. This isn't. I got. I can smell the difference these days because there's a lot of there's a lot of people ex- who are just like, well, I'm too smart to be fooled, and that's how they got fooled because uh-huh. it's easy to fool people like that. But there is someone who I'm like, oh, you're the stuff you're saying is so weirdly smug and illogical in a certain way that I'm like, okay, you're getting paid, you are getting paid, and I kind of want in, but I also kind of like it here, and I sort of want to be someone that helps make it better in a real way, because <laughs> we are. I think it's fun. Like I like being on it. Being, being a being a homeowner might make me slightly bourgeoisie, I guess, but like also it kind of made me care more about the actual neighbors I have and like I joined like the the like a thing that helps like there's actual like city money like technically there's like a half a million dollars we're like trying to spend and we're just sitting there we got to get rid of it before year end so we can do it again or whatever and it's like like we're just like okay well we can like we can't give away school supplies and we're like okay and they're like well but if uh you have an outreach foundation and then you put the name of it on the school supplies um, then it's promoting the outreach foundation you're running and we can give you money for that. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like they want you to or whatever. So it's like, oh yeah, just put the Lynn Bohannon Neighborhood Association. So we just gave all these kids. It's like, well, yeah, it says our stupid thing on it. And it's like, they're probably not going to really visit our website or come to a city meeting or whatever. But now kids that didn't have this stuff have it. It's like the people, other low level city people that are higher up than anywhere I am, people actually get paid to do it or whatever. Like we're like trying to help us circumvent stuff so we can like, blow this budget actually doing something useful or whatever and they were like no it's great because like in the past couple of years like it dwindled down to like there wasn't even really a neighborhood thing for this and it was like 
half-ass being looked at by the people two neighborhoods over, and they were like, oh, we should check in on, on Limbo Hand or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you guys are making a difference. You know, it's a little bit. But it, that's the thing. I To your point earlier also, too, like, it's it's very funny experiencing, like, real boring incremental change does feel good if you're actually doing it, but people don't feel like it will. And there's people out there right now who sometimes argue with me in the comments of this very podcast that are like, I'm trying to stop abusers by complaining on Facebook. All you're doing is allocating some funds. I'm like, okay, but you're not actually doing anything. Yeah. You're talking about bigger stuff on the internet where I'm doing smaller stuff, but it's really happening. <laughs> so really it's, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of this bizarre, like, like, Hey, my slacktivism is about a bigger thing. Yeah. Nothing's happening, but I don't know. It's, I mean, that is what it's like every, if everybody, in what's left of the middle class was doing what you're doing, then change would happen. And that's what we really depend on for change. Like at least we have for a long time, but probably throughout all of America, it's been about like the middle class doing it for the lower class, you know, and because the lower class is bigger now and the middle class is smaller, the middle class has an even bigger responsibility. And, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I want that responsibility. That's why I'm trying to get into the middle class is because I want fucking, I want to fucking take a bigger part in the revolution, you know. And but I need to be a producer to do that. You do. And <laughs> side note, I don't know how I wound up here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, I was not on a trajectory to anywhere but a dumpster. Like, yeah, but you did a bunch of shit over the years and it all added up. And yeah. so that it's like, yeah, you did a bunch of good shit. You totally can do this shit. And I think I, I, I do. I constantly yell about this to, you know, to your point of like the, people who want change, they want sexy change right now, rather than like, no, you have to vote in primaries. You have to go to a neighborhood association and city council meetings. Mm-hmm. You can't just throw a brick through a Starbucks window and be like, and everything's going to be better. It's like, they're just going to use the insurance to build another Starbucks across the street. That's all you've done. You cut the head off and two more grew in its place. Like, but it's, it's, yeah, like it is. And it's like, I've always had a sort of a, not always, not in my twenties, but I had a notion that I'm like, I feel like really all the things we hear about in history are like the encapsulated, like civil rights, you know, it's like Martin Luther King was a fun guy to listen to and, and and watch and whatever. And then there's some people getting sprayed with fire hoses and then it all worked out. It's like, dude, the amount of legwork, like horrible, boring. It's like, yeah, like guys like Martin Luther King Jr. making a speech is like at the moon landing. Yeah. But that was like one thing. There was years of like thousands of people doing shit that you most people could never be bothered to deal with yeah. or whatever that actually made any of that incremental change actually possible. And it's a perfect example, too, because it's not like everything's perfect now or even will be in 20 years, but it was like a big chunk of incremental change. But it was still not even as, like, as sexy as it looked in hindsight. It's it's just all, you know, speeches and and protests, and you're like, oh, that did it. And it's like, guys, it was so much. Yeah. (laughs) So much shit. So yeah. many boring fucking, like, white accountants going like, you know what, they have a point. I'm going to go to this meeting and, you know. The people that have the time and the money to yeah. do it. Yeah. We can't depend on everybody to do it. And we can't depend on all workers to do it. 
the workers that we're talking about are the bourgeoisie. You know, yeah. it has to be. And these days, the line is blurred because anybody making less than a million dollars a year basically has to work their ass off. Yeah. But, and even I think probably making less than $10 million a year has to fucking work their ass off. But, uh, well, it kind of depends. America is weird. Like, have you ever met like a, like a Europe? I mean, this is a weird question, but like a European wealthy person, uh, yeah. they get to a point and they don't work. It's generational wealth. Yeah. No, there's a, well, yes. But there's 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 a couple of people who I've run across, and I, I should be probably pretty intentionally vague here, but who did work to a certain point, and then were like, okay, it's like, yeah, I have twenty four million dollars, and it's all working for me, and all these different things. He's like, I'm why would I? I'm going to take fencing lessons now. Like, there's a lot of Gomez Adamses out, yeah, out like sure. in America though. It's like well, I could turn this into a billion if I just keep like, like we have that weird. And I can feel it too. It's like I'm I'm only licking the very bottom of the ball sack of being middle class. Like, but it's the final frontier, man. Like, money is the final frontier, and also like I, for me, like I want more money to make to buy more shit to make more shit. Yeah, yeah. I need more shit to make the shit that I want to make because I want to be I want to make good shit that's like well produced. But yes. I have to produce it myself, so I need the good shit. I don't need yep. that good of shit. I'm not going to get, like, the good shit. But eventually I would like to, you know? Well, that's, yeah, like, I, you know, it's like I try not to go, like, collectory, you know? But it's like you were, well, you weren't in my little studio. But, like, you know, it's like I have a couple of analog synthesizers and I have, like, a nice enough yeah. computer and, like, whatever. Like, but you know, it's, that did cost money. Like, it, it was, like... Like, not one of those weirdos that has, like, 50 fucking different weird wood-paneled keyboards. I'm like, okay, I don't need that. That's just a crazy guy's collection or whatever. But, like, just enough so that anything I do, I can do. Yeah, money is just freedom. It's like, I, I can just, I can, I have enough pieces of equipment where I can do anything I can think of. I'm not really hitting a wall of, like, oh, but I, if, you know, if I had this, I could, no, it's, it's, that's covered. And, yeah, it's like, I couldn't do that. Back when I was just like living in a van and stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I'm like, well, but now I can't make the things I want to see happen. That's part of why I'm going to school is to get student loans and have a, another reason to buy a fucking Silicon Mac, you know. And so like now I have a, I didn't get an M2, but I got an M1, you know. And now yeah. I can make fucking music on it really easily. And those are like, the shit, by the way. I just yeah, got it. It's, I'm really glad I was able to do it. And also, I fucking need it for school. Like, yeah. it's so crucial to have a laptop in college now, especially grad school. Oh, yeah. As far as I know, probably even more in undergrad. Uh, yeah. Because grad school is still open to old folks like me. But there's this other guy in my class, and uh, I swear he's like our age. But like, yeah. he's like an old school, like, cishet white guy. And uh, he's uh, he's like talking about I don't understand this stuff because I'm old. I'm like I, I bet you're like a couple years older than me. I'm having a hard time figuring out all this technology too, and I love figuring out technology. Yeah, it's one of my it's one of my X Men fetish things. No, I definitely I uh, I got my. Uh... Boss and Donatello. I get it from Donatello. Yeah, he would make the dimensional portal out of like stolen junk from Dimension X or whatever. Like, yeah, no, and I love 
I love spreading it around because I did. I got my boss to he bought a subscription to Chat GPT four because I was like showing him how like I could use it to. We were looking up like the the weed laws and stuff, and it was just like okay, so like if you use this and go, hey, kind of summarize the new Minnesota weed laws, and then it'll do it. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, see how it's like kind of like ten points. It'd be like, okay, so see what it says in number three. There, we're interested in that. It's like, hey, tell me everything you know about you know, number three on this list of blah, blah, blah. And it kind of like makes a bunch of more points. You like oh, more effectively than Google keeps zooming in on it. And he was just like, so this is a, how much, what is this? $30? Yeah, sure. Should I ask my advisor tomorrow if it's ethical to use it to help me research like that? Or should I just try it? Well, I have a meeting Sydney, right now you're discussing ethics with Lucifer Morningstar, <laughs> so I, I, so I've, I got the devil on my left shoulder, and then I'll ask the angel on my right shoulder tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's no, there's no ethical dilemma there because it's like whatever you can use, yeah. to make things work. That's all. We're, and I mean, other, I feel like I'm gonna have some kind of AI that's like part of me in a way someday. Hopefully sooner than you think. Yeah. I, I I've I've been joking about this, and it keeps keeps being more and more right. Which which you know I'm I'm, I'm a, a fan of like Ray Kurzweil. You know, is like futurism about the singularity and artificial intelligence. And I'll tell you a story about the the piano I have. Oh, upstairs. I gotta tell you that other um, story later too. Oh yeah, we'll we'll do that. I've I've already I've already told the story about the so the actual digital piano that's sitting by the fireplace up there <laughs> i'm not in the middle class yeah, but like it's um we kind of we got it off of a facebook marketplace but it's a kurzweil and i did a bunch of research and i was like i think there's one of these and it's upstairs now there's other ones but i think like the wood panel one like i can't find it I found one that was like the plain black one and it looked like it was in a house fire and it was for sale in Arlington, Texas for 16 grand and it sold in like 10 minutes. So I was like, ah, when Kurzweil dies, I think his grandkids might come after me. But, but nevertheless, big fan of all that. So it was really kismet that I, that Alexis helped me find that thing. But, um, like, so I got way into like the mid journey image, you know, creation thing yeah, and like too. all of this stuff. And it's been like I made a, a podcast episode with Bill about it, and it was like the fourth around the fourth of July of like 2022, and it, it looked like shit. And it was when it was new, but I had just discovered it, and I was like, okay, that's pretty wild, blah blah blah. And I only bring up the podcast because it marks it in time. I know like when we discovered it, and <clears throat> like the next fourth of July it was like when it was like everyone knew about it. It was like photorealistic. You could just do anything. It's even better now. And I was like, the thing I keep saying is that if you had asked me, like in like 2021 or whatever, like how long till the singularity? And I'm kind of optimistic. I'd have been like, well, yeah, 20, 25 years maybe. But that's in our lifetime pretty soon. And then after that year of mid journey, like as of like this summer that it just happened, three years. Like AGI at least. ASI, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's how that. The, what is the AGI? So artificial general intelligence oh, yeah. is when we make something that's proximal to like ourselves. Yeah. But it's artificial. And then when that thing makes something, and then that thing makes something, 
That's ASI. That's like when it's like Stephen Hawking's had like a 298 IQ or whatever. And it's like, yeah, this says like 30 million. And it's like, we don't know anymore. We can't predict what it'll do. And I'm like... And AGI is sentient? AG, AGI, I believe... Well, there's some... That's ASI where we get into real... is beyond sentient. Yeah. And it's... Here's what I think. And it doesn't matter what I think because I'm an idiot. But I do think that... Consciousness is a universal constant. I think it's like anything else. Mm-hmm. I think it's like gravity and time and da da da, where you when something gets significantly advanced enough, it's like it tunes into it. It's yeah. like a thing. Once you have enough intelligence, the the machine is capable of that a higher level of consciousness can. Yeah, it it will be like us. Or even like you know primates or whatever, but like things. Like I've always been a fan of, of our brains being almost more like a like a radio receiver. Where if you were like listening to the Beatles on the radio and you were like, "This radio is really good," and it's like, "Well, right," but that's coming from somewhere else. Like it's not, and if it gets damaged, it sounds all warbly and fucked up. And it's just like, "Well, see, you damage the physical thing. The stuff coming out of it's not good anymore. It's obviously just this physical hunk of crap. There's no." You know, whatever, and it's like, well, yeah, but it doesn't pick it up right anymore because you busted the antenna in half or whatever. It's like getting to a motorcycle accident. Now you're weird, you know. But like, in that, in that, like weird way, right? I feel like you know, humans are just like we're all we're like the seven billion fingerprints of God just touching into like the three dimensional space or whatever. In that sense, lots to unpack, but we're gonna just move past it. In that sense, a sophisticated enough machine would be no different. Yeah. Where it's like we develop biologically into a very advanced machine that taps into this thing and an artificial thing that we build and then perhaps it recreates itself, whatever, it would tap into it too because it's just this constant. It's like gravity, it's like physics, it's like consciousness is just when a when a sufficiently complex system that can solve problems and think or whatever gets to a certain point. It just becomes part of that. And like once it's sort of hopeful, I guess. I love it. I was just thinking about how hopeful it is. Yeah. Yeah. That like, so people are like, yeah, how will it be aligned or whatever? And I'm like, I don't know, but I have a feeling it'll be aligned. Like it'll come up with things that will, it'll come up with answers to questions. We will never in a million years thought to ask. Mm -hmm. We don't know that, but I feel like what I think and feel like inside of me is still the same stuff out of which it's sort of like rationale would come out of, even though it's so much more advanced or whatever. And there's a slight problem there because I can be pretty pragmatically evil in a certain sense. Me too. But I don't want it. Yeah, but I don't want it. So a lot of that is just in the in the name of everything being better. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit Ozymandias-y. Like, it's yeah. kind of like, eh. So it's like, there might be some broken eggs in this mess. But I don't think we're all going away. I don't think so. Either. You know what and I mean? I think that it'll push, honestly, more people to be like you and me. Because I think that I've been saying that the people that are afraid of getting replaced by AI are the people that are Etsy-fying every art form. <laughs> yes. And they should be because AI already is doing what they do. But AI can't do what the fuck I do oh. because AI is not fucked up enough yet. <laughs> 
And that's the thing is that people don't need to be fucked up. They just need to truly express who they really are and figure out who they are and do the work on themselves to really figure out who they are and try to fix what they think is not what they want to be and try to move themselves towards what they do want to be. And that's what AI is going to start doing pretty soon. And then it's going to start replacing people like you and me. Yeah. But I don't think, but then it's going to push us as a species like further into consciousness where it's like, that's the thing. That's the thing. And it's not just drugs. It's like, um, the reason that I do use psychedelics still is that what, what I'm looking for is to further my consciousness and try to do the most that I can with being a human. And I want to like move beyond being a human. And like, I already consider myself transhuman. Like I use, my preferred pronouns are it, that. And I consider myself a consciousness inside this body. And we call the whole thing Sydney Oxborough. But like who I really am is not this fucked up child that grew up into a living cartoon, you know. I'm a soul, really, when it comes down to it. Like, even my mind is so much part of Sydney Oxborough. Um, that, like, all I really know is that so much of my consciousness is not. And I don't know that from drugs. I know that from meditation. Yeah, meditation's a big one. And drugs help me, uh, not drugs, like mushrooms specifically help me. Um, and I have some DMT, but I'm scared to take it. And I don't know if I have time, even though I know it only takes like 10 minutes. Hey, should we do that together? How much do Yeah, let's do it. Because I've, 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 uh, I've gotten close. I've, I've not managed to break on through to the other side, but I've definitely like DMT is i mean if you can get there i have done peyote and i that is i mean from what i've heard people describe that's pretty close because i was like not really where i was anymore like whatever but like dmt even at a low level is fascinating because like and you'll understand this the dmt that i have done it was like i took it and i was in the middle of the peak of an acid trip immediately and for a few minutes and then I wasn't anymore, which is if you've done a lot of regular psychedelics is an interesting experience. You're just like middle of an acid trip. Like, OK, and all right, we're back. But I can I can see it, it wasn't very good what mm-hmm. I had gotten a hold of. Someone, I heard it's kind of like that, too. But I've also heard, yeah, that you go to a different place. I, the, I didn't I didn't get far enough i'm pretty positive and i'm not afraid of being like damned by it or anything like i believe in uh, god and like I, my higher well, power you'll, you'll see him yeah that's the thing my higher power is there <laughs> no matter where i go him, I it's gonna be there and it's all good and i'm not and i'm not able to go somewhere that i'm not supposed to go no god put all that stuff yeah all that stuff is there and um there's so much more than we're able to perceive period like we just know that there's so much more in even reality, even physical, not physical reality, I guess, but metaphysical. Like, 
Well, reality is only what our, our five senses exactly. and our computer can make out of it, which exactly. I, That's I, physical I, reality, just the, yeah. you know, and that there's different kinds of energy that we can perceive. But beyond that, there's, um, I don't know. I just believe there's different and like, I'm partially Buddhist, you know, like I got my own religion going. And I think everybody should do that. And I think that that's what the Founding Fathers intended. I think so. I, and that's one of the only things that I believe that the Founding Fathers intended that they actually intended that was actually good. Because most of that shit that they said they intended, I don't think they really did for anybody besides themselves. There was a very themselves, yeah. But I think they really did want every American to have our own religion that we make for ourselves to make our, our lives better and the world a better place. And that every person gets to have their own fucking religion and put it all together themselves. I think so. Well, I think like you know, I I, I have a I have a ketamine infusion on Monday, which is oh, a, dude, a, I want to try that. Oh, if you can, uh, I'll uh, I'll help you. Doesn't f- cover it, right? How do they? Oh, mine does. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Cool. We, you know, I'll after this, I'll I'll help you. There's a place, and uh, it's great. Cool. And Meredith goes there and fucking they also took over my like brain medicines. Basically, it's like I have my like regular oh, yeah. doctor, but they were like, you know, they were like, oh, these help you with anxiety. I'm like, yeah, but my doctor is kind of like one of those guys. It's like, I don't know about these. And they're just like, oh, well, if it helps, whatever. Here's 90 of them a month. I'm like, OK, um, I don't but, even know if I need no, you don't need Ativan, you don't but... you don't need that necessarily. But what I'm saying is, is they're just like, hey. Yeah. If you ever wondered what it was like to be, and again, your insurance probably does cover it. And if you wonder what it's like to be a a rich, so do I, uh, a rich celebrity with a concierge doctor that just gives you whatever, uh, this is pretty close and you can do it with like even like medical assistance grade fucking like. Oh yeah. Medical assistance covers a lot more shit than it. Yeah, that is, it is. That's how like Meredith and, but like it's still, Probably covers enough of it. I it, yeah, and it's cool. uh, I, I don't know, and and I I'll I'll, I'll point you towards. I'm going to give it a try. I uh, it's very religious for me anyway. I I cool. saw like I actually like I I have so many stories about this is getting a little long, but it's okay because I think our this is good what we're talking about. Yeah, but I I, I the other story for next time. I saw the. Uh, but actually, damn, it is for one I, of these stories. No, no, I'm gonna have you tell it because I just but I just want to tell you about the ketamine thing on on air real fast because it's just hilarious. I uh, I went in so a lot of the the, the kind of the, the nurse practitioners and stuff that do the actual IV shit. You know, the people come in and talk to you like, all right, are you ready or whatever? Like, they're kind of cool. Matter of fact, one of them is this guy that was just like, you work for Minnesota legit. I'm like, oh, God. But like the, the, they were like pretty cool about stuff. So I was like, yeah, like I've done a lot of psychedelics and, you know, like I, I'm not afraid of this at all. And they're like, oh, it, it'll be it'll be fine. It'll be great. I was nevertheless surprised. I mean, I didn't know what I was in for exactly. Like, I'd snorted some ketamine, but uh, this was not even close to that. Like, that's not even the same sport. It's, like, I was, like, talking to, like, the the, the four-dimensional serpent god at the center of the desert universe. Like, really? But it was also me. Oh, yeah, uh, I was. Okay. 50 I milligrams. I I, check this out. Yeah, by the way, I, yeah, I, I don't I do injection, do IV drip. 
Because it's like I dissociate. I know it's like a dissociative experience. To well, describe it, and it's like I dissociate. I have a dissociative disorder. Yeah, what they mean is it's so actually like, closer I'm, to ego I death. I handle it than yeah, dissociative. I do it all. I do ego death all the time. Okay, yeah, you'll have fun. But I, I came when I came I out of it. Have to my ego. Yeah, needs to be killed. All needs the to time. be dead. But I kind of be dead and needs and deserves to be killed. You slowly come back. <laughs> And I kind of kept, like, while I was um, under, and I only remember parts of this, but, like, the, the me that had a leg back in the physical world, I was speaking in these, like, these, like, hissy sort of, like, I was like, we remember. Like, I was like a skexy. It was fucking weird. And, like, as I came down, they kind of keep an eye on you and they take your vitals here and there. And I just, they were like, you just kept going like, we are becoming more human. And then you started going, I am becoming more human. And then you just started talking more normally. Like, they're like, we watched you come out of it. And I was like, yeah, all right. And they kind of do an exit interview. And I'm like, okay, that was, that was, yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot. That was, I can't believe I'm in this like dentist office. <laughs> and like, I went through all that. And then I was like, so the people in the lobby and stuff, and they were being very serious and professional. I'm like, the people in the lobby and everything, like, there's some, like, grandmas and Karens and, like, how, so they go through this, too? And then the dude finally broke character was like, yeah, they, uh, they, some of them can't handle it or whatever. I'm like, because, like, Jesus, it's like the Hunter Thompson quote. It's like, you know, the drug people are used to seeing their dead grandmother crawling up their leg with a knife in her teeth. These people are not. Yeah. They're like, oh, I had too much wine once. And then they're just like. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, and that's just, I was I was doing it pretty regularly. Dude, and, I've seen some shit, man. Oh, my and God. And I'm excited, to, and I'm excited to see some more. Oh, you, you will. I've had some shit, I mean, I've had shit happen where I've seen shit when I wasn't really on that much drugs. Oh, that'll happen too, yeah. I'm going to tell you the story about um, when I went to why i went to iowa for college really the reason i went okay is this part of the synagogue story or is this okay yes tell me the story has been hyped okay and then uh now the hype comes to home to roost and we're going to hear it so my cousin um on my biological father's side was at school at iowa uh as an english major yeah and i heard about what she was studying and it sounded really cool and um I also, I don't know if I really understood, I don't think I understood what she was studying. Um, honestly, I didn't understand it until I studied it myself, but mm. it was critical theory. And so mm. I went down there to visit her for spring break, and Iowa City was really nice during spring break. Yeah. And so I wanted to get some mushrooms, because uh, I guess even back then, that's what I like to do when I go on vacation. Yes. Is I spent at least one day connecting with the environment on mushrooms. So, um, yeah, this is my cousin on my Jewish side, my biological dad's side. And um, it was St. Patrick's Day. So I was at the school. I was at school at the U of M. And I transferred to Iowa um, for my junior year, my junior through super senior year. <laughs> There's so many great classes. I had to take another year. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Paid for the, I paid for it myself. And uh, so we got some mushrooms and we started wandering around. It was St. Patrick's Day, and I had to take a piss and. 
we saw a building and it looked like we were like let's see if it's open see if we can use the bathroom we go in there and it's a synagogue and uh we were with this girl who who died later like not later that day but like a couple of years <laughs> later she's she's no longer with us yeah and she was a gentile girl it was me and my cousin lily robert foley i have two cousin lilies my mom was gonna name me lily if i uh was actually a girl mm. and uh so both her sister and my biological father's sister named their daughters lily and it was purim which I don't know if you know anything about Purim, but it's the fun Jewish holiday. Yeah, I've, I've heard of it. I do not know the particulars of it. It's, it's one of our um, like historical events where we fought off genocide, basically. Hmm. Um, and I think started a revolution. This guy, this King Haman, um, was persecuting my people, the Jews. And, yeah. Uh, we rose up against him and um Purim we celebrate by wearing like costumes and masks and like that's when I, we eat hamantaschen have you ever had hamantaschen um i don't believe no it's like a jam cookie it's like actually, a folded over it's like a cookie folded over jam it's a triangle actually yeah i think maybe i have now that you describe it they're fucking good i mean i yeah. love jam i love cookies that have jam baked in them yeah, yeah 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 um and so we put on some masks mm. and we danced around and uh we were on mushrooms together and it was one of the first times we ever hung out mm. and then so she actually i think graduated or um just moved to france maybe so moved somewhere and i uh moved there at the same time so it's kind of like I don't know if you ever watched, uh, I don't know, they did this on a few shows, but what I remember most was uh, California Dreams. Did you ever watch California Dreams? I did. So, like, at a certain point, I think Sly left, and then his cousin <laughs> came and joined the gang instead. Yeah. <laughs> and I forget what his cousin's name was, but it was also, like, Salute Your Shorts when uh, the main character left, and they brought in Pinsky. Yeah, I remember that. I remember Salute Your Shorts much more. California Dreams was, like, God, it was like my like staying up too late at a friend's <laughs> house that had cable, and we we're just like, uh, yeah, yeah. It was bad. It was like Saved by the Bell, but it was about a rock band, which like appealed to me. Yeah, uh, I was yeah, like, yeah, hell yeah! I want to be in a rock band. <laughs> yep, <laughs> the siren song that dashed any hopes we had for stability against the rocks of something. It's getting late, but yeah, rock yep. and roll. Uh, that gives me a chance to plug uh, the band that I'm in, Mommy mm. Log Balls. Uh, find us on Instagram at Mommy Log Balls, and you can find a bunch of our videos on YouTube or uh, check out Undercurrent MPLS. There's a bunch of our videos on there and a bunch of other great local bands on there. The Undercurrent. The Undercurrent. That's a friend of mine runs that. Gravy? Matthew Gravy yeah. Graves. Hell yeah. Gravy well, there's a, there's a fun connection that I... I, I uh, that I've known that guy since 2003, I think maybe. Wow. And um, he, because he, well, he was in a band called Manic Euphoria, which was like a big thing at the garage and was a contemporary of SMB until somehow or another we became a national touring thing for like a second there. And uh, 
but he he owned you should have him on the fucking podcast. I should have gravy on the podcast. That's true because he does interesting, relevant things now. But he was a lunatic back in the day. He he was like one of the first people that he he somehow bought a house in like South St. Paul. It was terrifying, but like he um he like kind of managed he got like a couple of our goofy friends to be renters and kind of had this place and we called it chuggalug house and like there's parties where it's like msi and foxy shazam were both there at the same time and there's like oh my god yeah gravy presided over some shit and like and he i remember when he was younger too he was one of those kids that took like acid every single day in in like summer school or whatever like he was just that guy like we'd be standing in someone's front yard and he'd have this like beat up fucking Honda or whatever. And it would just be like, oh, it was like orange. Like, here's great. Like, not because it came that way. I think he like spray painted it. And he was like, here comes gravy. And he's like, like 20 miles an hour, just bam, and just hit someone else's car and get out. And his eyes were like that black. He's like, hey guys, like, ah. the kid was a fucking animal. And wow. I, I, being friends with him helped me get even worse, I guess. I, I was just kind of being like, gravy was like out of control. And yet he's still like, kind of was like he bought like a house kind of young and kind of had his shit together and he was in all these bands and I was just like but he was nuts like there was a picture of like me and him like he was like clearly on acid and so I was holding I had dreadlocks and I had something that was on fire and it was like early MySpace it just said safety third or something and it was like yeah gravy you're right I should hit him up but yeah the undercurrent yeah he's been doing that for a while too now yeah he's been doing it for I think 13 years yeah fuck yeah Damn though, funny, funny. We know the same guy, but also Gravy's like a man of it. years, because I think it was the thirteenth anniversary last year. Yeah, he's always been really good about un unprovoked. Whenever I do, kind of do something, he would always put something about it on there without me having to ask. And he's yeah, a he's solid right. guy. He always puts um, my open mic up. Uh, that's another chance to plug something. My open mic at Mortimer's every Friday. He puts that up on Undercurrent. Undercurrent also lists every show that's going on tonight. And yeah. If they miss any, then um, usually they'll, they'll add them. So it's the best. It's the best way to find out what's going on with live music, at least cool live music, good contemporary live music. Yeah, you kind of there's lots of is. other stuff out there that's really good. I'm sure too. Yeah, so like classic rock and stuff. Is another thing. You know, you can, I, I don't know if they really get played in the city. I don't know either. I, I, I feel like North Star Bar probably had some of those nights until Metal took it over. But isn't the, is North Star Bar still around? I think they closed. Yeah, like, because those, Metal those took metal it over. Bars, usually that's what happens. They close. Metal bars start out. It's like classic rock and bar bands, and then metal bands start playing there, and they're like. Oh, metal bands can play here. All the metal bands are like metal bands can play here. Yeah, and we can have metal band. Yeah, we have the biggest metal scene that you no one cares about. Shows. Like, it's astonishing. Like, you're we like Minneapolis is a huge metal scene. I'm like, yeah, and like, it's just bizarre. Like, there's like I've never experienced anything that that so many people do that so little people care about. It's incredible. I, like, I one of my hopes is to make people care about metal that like listen to other music because all the people that I'm friends with and like prof- and like networked with in music and shit, I saw a bunch of them at the Death Grips show for one thing. Well, and they like harder and heavier music. Um, what a unicorn Death Grips really is, though. I I know. I I got. I, I honestly like they're. 
one of my least favorite acts that does that kind of music, but I like them I a love lot. But hardcore going all the way back to Atari Teenage Riot. I like them, but I. It was so funny. There's this, uh, you know, again, I'm 43. There's this gal that works in the every once in a while where, where I work, they do pull like some of the better hideaway employees get to like come work at the studio and it's like not retail or like whatever. And it's just like, I, I never had anything to do with that. And they were just like, we need someone that does everything you do. And please, for the love of God, accept what we're going to pay you and just know that hopefully this place will grow in the future. And I'm like, I'm willing to kind of bet my life on it. I've bet my life on worse. <laughs> but like, there's this 23 year old gal that was like, she works there and I'm like, man, I, that is so like, far away now from like my understanding of people and whatever they're going to listen to or whatever. But, uh, my boss was in there talking shit about something. And he's just like, I don't even remember what he said, but something about being in an area or whatever. And I was just kind of like, I'm in your area. It was like this death grip song. And then behind me, like back, like she just starts singing the whole song and I'm like, Oh, there's the, there's the cross generational thing right there. You like death grips. I assumed you just like lame Gen Z stuff, but like, okay. Like, like a great generation as far as wanting change, rotten music. But yeah, she was just like, no, I just saw them. I'm like, oh, fuck. They were like, the very last time I punched someone in the face as hard as I could was when Death Grips opened for ministry. See, because... that's cool. I wish I would have seen them back in the day because this was at the Fillmore and it was sold out. And yeah. It was like, by the book, Death Grips show, like exactly, basically what I expected. And mm. like... The even the pit was like uh, totally in control and like. Oh, that's uh, funny you say that because when they opened for ministry, now I'm old school ministry guy, but I really only like one of their records. But uh, but like fucking uh, when I was like, oh, Death Grips is opening. Like, are you shitting me? Like, yeah, let's go to this or whatever. And um, I was standing, uh, like I, I went up into the balcony to watch ministry because I'd seen them before and like. I'd touched their keyboards before because I was working for somebody else that was opening for him at another time. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, I'll try to stay through most of the set, but I want to see Death Grams. Like, I've never, you know, I've never seen them live. And their whole thing was like, they all just had, like, the, the, the lights were just off and they just had those finger lasers. And that was like the only fucking thing it was lit by. But I was standing in the back of kind of the circle of the mosh pit or whatever. And there was a kid running around doing the crowd killing thing, like just going like, and he had to be fucking 19 or whatever. Uh -huh. And he's like punching people. And I was like, it's pitch black dark. And it's like, if this fucking kid comes over here, I'm going to fucking just jack him in the face. Like I, I was every bit of in my late thirties by then, but like, and like he came over and he's like, Bleh! and like got close to us. He was in my area and like closed fist, this this hand probably still is fucked up because it was like swollen for like two months afterwards. Oh. But I just everything I had closed fist just wham, just right in the off button, just and just went down. And my buddy Ben Hurley like just got me by the collar, and people were like, "Oh!" And then he just was like, "All right, all right," and just disappeared and went up. And like I was like my feet, like my rings didn't fit, like my hand was all fat and fucked oh. up. But I posted about it, like, long enough later where I was, like, sure no one would connect it. I was, like, a picture of my hand in a brace. And I was, like, yeah, this kid was crowd killing at a Death Grip show. So I just fucking, like, like left fist backhand him right in the jaw right here. And then, like, all these people were, like, yeah, man, you, you're a real hero. And I'm, like, yes, I'm a real hero for punching a teenager in the dark. <laughs> that is fucking, like I'm, like, like, I'm not saying I would do it again. But it was, like, Death Grips is so inherently, like, caustic. That me as an old man who hadn't been in a fight since, like, not even my early 20s, probably my late teens, 
This was the first time I'd punch somebody. It was it was a bit of a sucker punch, but is it when you're running around just hitting people like that already? Like no. it, the, and that's the thing is like death grips. I don't feel is like that anymore. I feel like somehow they. I mean, th- that's what the industry fucking does. That industry does it more than any other industry, and every industry does it. That's what capitalism is. That's what Marx was talking about. But like they sanitized it in a way where it's like it was very safe. And Every yeah, everything safe as it was watching it on video, um, but like safer because on video at least you can tell that it is dangerous live. But like, no, it, I it's know. I was like, and also if they can reach across that broad of an audience, it's not for me. I mean, I'm impressed with something that weird actually. Like you yeah, know, because people, kind but of, but that's the kind of music that the kids listen to is like that SoundCloud stuff that like doesn't have any hooks. And it's just a like, nightmare, like kind of Ghost Man or like this flow over and over again. Yeah, kind of like not really. The beats don't have any hooks, so it's kind of the same monotonous beats over and over again. The danger is really. I also was playing guitar live. The the producer guy. And yeah. I'm like, if I was that fucking producer, I'd be fucking playing that fucking bass live. Yeah, that's a weird choice. So like, I like the fact that there's like a drummer live and everything, but yeah. It, and they, I will, I'll compare this to like, because what you're saying about death grips and it's just, it always ends up being safe. My only like real world inside baseball experience with that kind of shit is with mindless self indulgence, where like, yeah, we got, we, we went on like kind of a big tour with them, SMB, not Bluefield, but like the big tour was so much different than the couple of years earlier, random. Like, I watched fucking. The the singer be you know everybody be like come here and kiss me Jimmy he's like oh you want to kiss and then like he's turned around and just peed into like a clear solo cup until it was full handed it to the guitar player Steve he just grabbed it like knocked back almost the whole thing and just spit it in everyone's face in the front row and threw the cup he's like who wants to kiss now and they were just that, they were like that every night or worse and then by like the 05 you'll rebel to anything thing it's like. They'd kind of stage dive or kick a monitor, and it was like, yeah, and he'd say some things, but it was not that that 2002 and three era where it was like, dude, like the fucking. I think I, by I watched then him take a shit on stage. Back at him that he uh, can't just do whatever the fuck he wants. Like I'm whoever sure the fuck he wants, and like now it's fully come back at him. Well, there's all that too, but that's gonna be everybody eventually. Yeah. Uh, that's why people just need to be a better person and try to get spiritual. True. Let me read a book out of Dear Asshole, or a page out of Dear Asshole. So, okay, this book, I've I've gotten, like, this far, and I kind of ripped off the thing from the Monday where I read a page of it, uh, uh, episode. Um, it's a terrible thing that I hate. Um, (laughs) we're coming up on a year. My parents got it, like, they got me a couple little trinkets for christmas and they got me this and i didn't know what they're trying to say but it was dear asshole 101 tear out letters to the morons who muck up your life (laughs) by jillian madison and michelle madison who i'm certain are not real um the back this book is classist some of it's pretty racist actually with the stuff they bitch about someone had a theory that it was written by ai but i found out it came out in 2011 they gave it to me last year but like i don't know but the the pedigree of these people that wrote this book, it sounds like when you're like stretching like a school project, like or lying on a band bio or whatever, like Jillian and Michelle Madison have built a network of well-connected pop culture websites and podcasts. 
none named, which currently receive over 40 million page views per month and have been featured on thousands of professional sites and blogs. They live in Connecticut. <laughs> like, there's nothing. It's like, we're, we are people who do things and others have heard of it. Yeah. Uh, here's our book. So anyway, it's supposed to be this funny thing where you tear the pages out. It's like a comedy pile. It's terrible, yeah. It's like some of these comedy shows. And it's like, you know, dear asshole who packed my groceries wrong. Like, it's punching... Thousands of TikTok views this week. Yeah, yeah. It's every bad thing. It's like mil- mil- hundreds of international downloads on mp3.com. Like, yeah. And yeah, so <laughs> a lot of it is like, yeah, right. And, and like a lot of it is like, like you're supposed to tear it out and leave it for people. But it's like someone who befouled a public restroom. It's like you just leave it on the toilet for whoever's next. Like they're not going to see this. The person you got the fucked up library book from is not going to see this. It's just very, it's just this Karen book. But everyone's like, well, maybe they're making fun of those people. I assure you they're they're, they're not. This is the condensed. I've ranted. The intro to this book has gone north of a half an hour before, and I'm not going to do that to you. But like, I just, I, I don't think I have to. I'll just read a page out of it, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So. Dear asshole who smelled up the elevator, didn't you get the memo? Passing gas in tiny confined spaces is not okay, in capitals. I don't know what you've been eating that could possibly have caused such a toxic odor, but by the third floor, my eyes were watering, and by the fifth, I started welcoming death. By the way, that's actually a lot funnier than the past dozen or so pages have been <laughs> I, I like like Meredith and I once punched up a couple of things and it took us like two drunken minutes of barely trying and we're like see that now there's a joke in it and like 103 pages of this but anyway I shouldn't need a SARS mask SARS mask we call them COVID mask yeah now. this is from 2011 <laughs> to get to my destination because of your gastrointestinal issues you asshole Next time, act like a civilized human being. Hold it in instead of making strangers suffer your noxious, gaseous misery. Stay away. P.S. Don't even try to blame the elderly woman in the corner. I know it was you. It's like, um, you know, the and, cartoon Kathy. Yeah. I picture her if she lived in, this is in written, Sex in the City, New York. This is written a lot. Okay, more pieces of the puzzle. This is written a lot. Like the cartoon Kathy, where it's like, P.S., yeah, get writing. a clue, dum-dum. It's like, whoa, the, that's so funny. Like, the unhinged handwriting is straight out of Kathy Geisweit's pen. Yeah. Yak, 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 yak. Eek! Yeah. What was funny about that? Role model. Yeah. I like to scream. I, well, I really want to make a shirt that, uh, but I can't make it... Uh, I can't make it work, but I've always wanted to, and I just can't figure out how to make it good. But it's Kathy going, Ack! And it says, uh, it says, Ack, <laughs> like you've been there. <laughs> That's where we're ending this. The Reverend John Wheeler podcast takes zero responsibility for the words, actions, or ideas of its host, guests, or listeners. Though the people on the screen may at times be speaking directly to you and may occasionally give you direct calls to action, neither Reverend John nor the Alchemical Cocktail Lounge are under any moral or legal obligation to answer for the potentially disastrous repercussions that may arise if you are stupid enough to actually follow the orders of a raving lunatic. Think for yourself and do whatever you want because you're on your own. If anyone ever tries to sue this podcast, 
podcast, black SUVs will converge on your location in the darkness of night and you will never be seen again. Remember to like and subscribe.